Hello and welcome to CEO Stories, the podcast from the Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce, where I delve into the mind of the region's leading and up-and-coming CEOs. I'm Henrietta Brulee, your host and Chief Executive of the Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Raphael Sofaluke, who is CEO of the Black Business Show. Raphael, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about you and your businesses? Because I know there are multiple businesses in your empire. Yeah, sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm Raphael Sofaluk. So I founded the, I'm the CEO and founder of UK Black Business Show, Birmingham Black Business Show, UK Black Business Week and Black Tech Achievement Awards. So founded in 2017, the UK Black Business Show. And it's pretty much doubled in size um, since then. And it's now the biggest business show in the UK and Europe for black business owners and professionals. But really just wanted to kind of create a space to inspire and connect black entrepreneurs and professionals. At that point, a lot of the events that I went to, whether it was like the audience attending, um, the speakers, the sponsors, they all lacked, you know, black representation, but also just diversity in general. Um, So I wanted to kind of create a platform to showcase some of the amazing black role models within the community. Um, and it's grown since then. Um, and now we also, as well as showcasing black entrepreneurs, we also work with some of the biggest companies in the world, like sort of JP Morgan to Amex, to Burberry, to McDonald's. The list goes on on not only making sure they're seen as like an employer of choice for black talent, but also helping them with their talent attraction, recruitment, and also very importantly, that retention piece as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my businesses as well as being an author as well. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and a published author as well. Just, just that yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> and when you think back over your career, are there any moments that really stand out to you as defining? You know, those sort of moments that changed the direction that you've ended up going in? Yeah, I, th- I think it was definitely... So I was working in sales before. Um, I was working in sales before. And for a long time, I was doing the UK Black... <laughs> Although it was a big... Um, it, it was... I wouldn't I couldn't call it a side hustle because it was almost too big to be called that even though I was doing it while having a job Um, but I would say um, a defining moment was when um, I managed to uh, you know go full-time was able to you know hire a team get an office um, and really just kind of focus on the business full-time to kind of expand it um, increase the quality of of the show and you know just really make make sure that we could make a difference. Fantastic. And I look forward to finding out a little bit more about that moment and that transition from being a, a member of a team, a member of an organisation, to really leading and driving your own business full time. But first up, you mentioned you started out your career in sales. What was your first ever job? My first ever job, yeah. So it was, it was working for a company called Archon. Um, so they done, um, I was selling um, print advertising, um, and they done a lot of the kind of local regional newspapers in in London. So focused around like Islington, um, those like things in Hackney Gazette, Islington Gazette, the Hampstead and Highgate newspaper. Um, so yeah, I was, I was selling ad space within um, within the newspapers, and really and truly, it was just a job that I, I wanted to make money. Um, pretty much, kind of fell into sales like like most people do. Um, actually studied law and business in uni but once I saw that you know you had to do six seven years studying law I was like oh no can't can't do this so just really wanted to make money so yeah really fell into sales 
um, and since then it kind of kind of moved me into different directions which has led led me to this business now so you started in sales you then took on a number of different sales roles in different organizations over the years um did you find that you've learned a lot along the way that helped you with that entrepreneurial journey obviously being an entrepreneur to start with you are your own sales force aren't you so did, did you find those skills early on benefited you as you stepped into running your own business oh 100 percent. i think i've always been creative that's one thing which i would say it, it wasn't something necessarily that i picked up from other jobs um but what I could say is that 100% that like the sales techniques and skills have helped me um, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, um, because I've learned a lot from not only the salespeople that I've worked with alongside, but also like the sales managers, etc. Um, but one of the ideas that actually sparked the UK Black Business Show was when I was working for another company and they had a big show called the UK Investor Show, hence hence the name um, and it was that which kind of opened my eyes up because it was that was a huge event like I think it's still running now four thousand five thousand people but I looked at the speakers there I looked at the audience attending the sponsors literally there was no one there that looked like myself um, and I was selling um, stands to corporate companies for this show um, so that that was one of the that was the show that kind of sparked the idea you know what if I did this but actually done this to to, to showcase black speakers, role models, you know, connect them with each other. Um, so yeah, definitely picked up a lot through my, through my journey um, as well, as well as people like mentors as well. Um, mentors on the way, sponsors, who's, you know, opened up doors for me as well. And with that, was that something that instantly sprung to mind for you that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, you, you saw a gap and you wanted to fill that gap yourself? Or was that something that emerged along the way? Was it the running the own business or solving the problem that came first? I, I think it was definitely, I'll say it's a bit of both. So I, before that, I was, before I created the UK Black Business Show, I ran a music and comedy event as well because I loved music. Um, so I mixed it with music and comedy um, so I had people like Mo Gilligan. He used to perform for me all the time at, um, at my shows as well. Um, but I would definitely say, I think with all entrepreneurs, it's either, you know, frustration or inspiration. I think you've got, you've been kind of alluding to that. Um, but I think it was definitely a bit of both. Um, you know, I was looking at it like, okay, there is a gap in the market, but also I'm also the consumer of this. I will actually benefit from a show like this being created. Um, so it's definitely a bit of frustration, but also a bit of, yeah, listen, there is nothing like this as well. This is a good opportunity for me um, to come in and create the space. And tell me about that that first experience of going, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, so you're, you're still working in the sales role, but you've spotted this gap, you've spotted this opportunity, you've got the frustration, you've got the inspiration, and that you've now gone, I'm going to do this. Tell me about that, that journey and that experience of, the first black business show yeah sure so funny enough it was from the day that i thought of the idea it was exactly six months that the show took place um so literally thought of the idea at work um pinged it over to my my, my wife and i was just like listen i've got an idea and she emailed me back um, during work hours as well she's like this is a great idea um and i was just like oh great it must be a really good idea and then, you know, when you're um, like we all do, we, we get good ideas, but we're almost looking for someone to talk us out of it because we're a bit scared of doing it. So I phoned my brother and I told him about the idea as well. 
and it was like this is such a great idea but you have to, I was but you have to do it this year because someone else will think of think, think about it and it's it's so interesting because with ideas we are not the only people in this world so many people potentially are having the same idea that you have but it's not only the first person it's about the first person who does it but it's about the first person who can execute it in a in um in in a way that's you know of excellence which is definitely like one of my my, my mantras that I, I i live by um so yeah pretty much from then on i started planning um started utilizing some of the people i knew to be speakers because i was bootstrapping it um i had to um, think of an idea in which i could generate money to fund the show um so it was selling stands ticket sales and then it started off started off really well um 25 stand and 500 attendees in our last in our, in our first year um but really knew I was onto something because that same year although our books were space for 25 stands we got over 300 inquiries um so I was just like oh my gosh okay this could be this could be interesting so momentum's building you mentioned earlier that experience of um, going full-time, that decision to go full-time being really transformative in your, your career. Uh, how did you find that early stages of balancing something that obviously had this momentum was almost starting to run away with itself with then uh, um, making the decision to go, right, this is it, I'm going to go full-time entrepreneur? Yeah, so I, I've always... Um, so although I'm someone who seeks out opportunities, I'm definitely a risk-taker, Um I've always said that if once if I wanted to go full time, I wanted to go full time with a team. So I could have went full time by myself at, at some points, um, but I wanted to be able to go full time with a team to actually help me to accelerate the business. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely a big change from going from you know someone um, managing you essentially went from someone managing me to now a, a, a proper founder and CEO with, you know, a team kind of un, un, underneath me. Um, but I, I think, to me, I enjoyed the process because I w- had worked in a lot of companies and why I thought the transition was not too difficult is because I learned so much about what a good boss was, what a bad boss was. Um, I know what a good salesperson was because I thought I was quite good as well. Um, I knew what good marketers were. So I actually had enough spirit. I felt like I had enough spirit experience. And I, before I went full time, I was also working in the exhibition and events industry. Um, so I was still learning things for the time when I would go full time with my business. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the transition was, um, I think not many people are ready for it. Sometimes people, it's a huge shocker to, to some people, but I felt like I learned quite a lot throughout my journey um, to, to prepare me for it. You perhaps got more skills along the way that are transferable to, to being your own boss than perhaps Definitely. initially realised. Fantastic. So yeah, you're building the Black Business Show. That's, that's running from 2017. And then in 2019, the Black Tech Awards followed. Tell me a bit about that and why you chose to focus on tech specifically. Yeah, sure. Um, so I actually created the idea in 2019, but the first Black Tech Achievement Awards took place in 2020. Um, and it, it did actually take place. It was one of the only live events. Um, so it took place in early February 
I think the lockdown ha probably happened like two weeks after. Um, so really, really close. Um, but yeah, again, you know, that was just to celebrate and acknowledge black role models um, and innovators within the tech sector. Um, tech is extremely important um, for everything, for our everyday lives, but also is still one of the most sectors which is black entrepreneurs and professionals are underrepresented. Um, I read a stat that um, in the tech sector, probably around 3%, 3% of um, professionals in tech in London are, it's only 3% are black. Um, and that's quite a shocking statistic considering how diverse of a city London is. Um, so I was really keen and just looking at sectors in which the black community were underrepresented and tech was definitely the first one that, you know, I, I wanted to tackle. So yeah, again, that, the, the Black Tech Achievement Awards as well, that's really, really grown as well. And um, yeah, really, really exciting time for that awards too. So we're in 2020, start of 2020, momentum's really building around your business. Um, it's starting to really get some great recognition too. In 2020, you were named as one of Forbes 25 leading black British business people to follow. Um, uh, but then two pretty momentous things happened in 2020, didn't they? The first you've already alluded to, the COVID pandemic, and the second's the killing of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. Tell me a little bit about, about that, about the impact of those two massive events, firstly on your industry, doing live events, conferences, et cetera, when it comes to COVID-19. And then in terms of your motivation, what you're here to change, what you're here to represent with the Black Lives Matter movement, how did those two pieces influence you and your work? Yeah, sure. Um, so first of all, it, huge impact, as you can imagine. Um, just to start off with, you know, first of all, we, we, we couldn't do our event. There was a bit of up and down because it, it took lockdown again. It was, I think it was February. And there was that hope that by October, you know, actually events could still go on. So we were still advertising for our events. Um, we were still kind of, you know, thinking, okay, these events are going to happen. I was speaking quite closely with the, the AEO, which I'm a, I'm a board member of, so the Association of Event Organisers, who work really closely with the DCMS in government, who um, basically set the rules and regulations on kind of are events happening, can people go outside, hospitality, etc. Um, so there was potential kind of feedback that, yes, events would come back, but it would be restricted, etc. Um, so... Again, we were, we was hoping that it would take place, but it, it didn't. So we had to postpone that year. We talked to um, a lot of people were going virtual, but actually I didn't want to do a virtual event. Um, so I just postponed it to the next year because I really did believe you couldn't replicate what we did um, in a virtual event. Um, and I wanted to make sure all our kind of exhibitors, the black owned business ex exhibiting, our corporate sponsors, our attendees are really, really getting their value for money. So I didn't want to do that, postponed it. And then, of course, with COVID, um, again, that was a huge, huge hit because actually we looked at, you know, some of the people that were affected the most in terms of some people who were dying were some from ethnic minorities. So I knew quite a few people um, who, 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 people who, who died as well. So I think someone from my church died as, um, as during that time. Um, and then the George, um, George, the, the murder of George Floyd was it was it was pretty intense as well. So all of this while you're staying inside and you're watching kind of this trauma unfold on 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 TV, 
um, was was a really really kind of difficult and um, hard time. But you know, during that time where you know many people were kind of sitting down, I was I was thinking. So, twenty twenty one, we launched UK Black Business Week. Um, so we went from a one day show um, to a whole week of of events. Um, so I was kind of strategizing and planning. You know, how can I make a bigger impact? Um, and now, kind of UK Black Business Week last year um, attracted over twelve thousand attendees um, across the week. We had said people like Sir Trevor speaking, Lenny Henry. This year, we have got Stephen Bartlett speaking um, at at the London show. Sir Trevor McDonald speaking at the Birmingham show as well. Um, had a Carla at the Birmingham show last year. So really, was just kind of there strategizing um, and then working really closely with the companies. You know, a lot of commitments were made during that time in 2020. Um, and we wanted to, and I, th I think we are, we're working really closely with them to make sure that actually they are kind of, they are reaching those goals and they're, they're, they're doing what they said they, they were going to do. And where we are now in 2023, do you see any long lasting step change when it comes to engagement and understanding of how important the agenda is following on mm -hmm. from the, the Black Lives Matter movement? I think there's been, there definitely has been kind of more, I would say that it was, it was almost as if at that time kind of the, the world kind of woke up to racism um, and actually said, oh, it's, it's real when, you know, it's, it's been here for, for, for a very long time. Um, but you are seeing more corporates engaging, especially engaging in, you know, things like Black History Month, which maybe they didn't do much um, at that point, you know, making commitments. I was speaking with a company the other day who have, you know, commitments to increase kind of senior leadership, black senior leadership by 2025, um, et cetera. And what, what what you did see is a lot of these companies, they had these five-year commitments and we're kind of coming up to that, that, that time frame now, um, which is kind of a really, really interesting time. But yeah, we are seeing companies, I think, we work with so many huge companies um, and they all have a lot to do um, in terms of increasing black representation within their company, the banks in terms of leveling the playing field for black entrepreneurs in terms of funding. Um, but I think the most important thing is now we're having those conversations before people didn't even, they didn't talk about race at work. Um, so I, I feel like now we're starting to get, you know, comfortable with having some of those uncomfortable conversations and something else that you were doing during the uh, the pandemic which you alluded to in your introductory comments was of course writing a book uh, you released a book in 2021 with your wife who uh, by the way it sounds absolutely amazing as well opiemi yes she perfect. sounds absolutely incredible <laughs> um uh, so, as do you of course but um a fantastic power couple there but um twice as hard navigating black stereotypes and creating space for success tell us a bit about it yeah sure um so funny enough a book was always something which i i, I wanted to do since i was young um so during that time, I, I was having 2020, I was having a conversation with my agent who looks after like some of my speaker bookings and um, gave him an idea. And he looked at the idea of the book and he was just like, this is not going to work, bro. Um, go back. No one's going to read it. He was very blunt. And I was like, oh, OK. So I came back with, um, spoke to my wife about 
kind of another topic that I had in mind um, and I already knew the title twice as hard um, and then we were speaking about it what could go in the content etc and she had so many amazing ideas and I had so many amazing ideas as well um, and she came from the perspective of she was a black woman so that's a perspective which I could not offer um, as, she, as, as she's a woman um, but also she was coming from the position that she was also currently working in a corporate company as well as a professional and I was like an entrepreneur um, so she was able to offer that side of it a professional but also the woman's point of view and then I could offer kind of a men, men's point of view and as an entrepreneur and we thought you know why don't we just do this book together um, so she also works in the space she leads like diversity and inclusion um a tech company previously was at, um, doing the same at jp morgan for like seven or eight years um and yeah we we sent the we sent the brief over to my agent he sent it over and there was like three or four publishers interested in it um and then we went with dk which is a part of penguin penguin random house um the book came out in 2021 um and it's yet yeah, twice as hard navigating black stereotypes creating space for success all about really just kind of speaking to, we spoke to up to 40 leading entrepreneurs and professionals um, on, you know, is it really twice as hard? We spoke about some of the challenges and struggles they went through, but more importantly, how they've overcome these challenges. So people like Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's dad, to Munya, um, he's a comedian in the UK, to people like Trevor Nelson, to... Um, Charlene White on um, who, who does the news L loads of incredible people from the UK and US um, and it was really eye-opening um, but we also spoke to allies as well so we've got a whole chapter on allyship um, but yeah I, it, it was the book that I, I feel like I needed when I was growing up so yeah really happy that we could we could get that out to the world. Now, something that I'm hearing loud and clear as a theme throughout your entrepreneurial journey is using your networks and being really proactive and engaging others and bringing them with you. Obviously, with, with your book, the, the 40 perspectives, like you say, there are incredible names in there, incredible national and international figures. Um, how did you find approaching them? Was it, was it easy to sort of reach out and get people involved? Yeah, funny enough, um, I, I thought it would be... I would say it was easier than I thought, actually. Um, but also at the same time, I, I maybe underestimated the network that I had built up already from the business as well um, and the name of the business. Um, and also my missus as well. She she knew quite a few people too. Um, so some of the people that we didn't reach, that we didn't know and we reached out to we were surprised that they, they, they got back to us and it was like, yes. Um, and some of these people, you don't see them do literally anything. You you won't see them anywhere. Um, but they they, they they was like, yeah, we'll do it. Um, so yeah, it was a really good process. Like each person, we interviewed them, like video called them for like an hour and we spoke to them. Um, so probably so much information that probably is not in that book that we, we got to share with them. So um, yeah, I thought it was a, a great process um, and just been having that opportunity to get their knowledge and pass it on to other people is, is something which um, definitely kind of brings us joy. And speaking of networks, that brings us to the launch of the Birmingham Black Business Show in June last year. What made you pick Birmingham for your first show outside of London? Yeah, sure. Um, Birmingham, so Birmingham's always been on the cards. So but 
<laughs> Birmingham, it was it was long overdue. Um, since probably 2018, because I'm someone about also like the data. So wherever the data tells us to go, wherever we can make an impact, that that's where I would want to go. Um, and what we noticed for our London show after London, Birmingham was the second biggest city of people who attended our show. And I thought this is really really interesting. Um, um, so and and that continued for each year. So I always knew that you know if I'm going to go outside London, um, I'm definitely going to go to Birmingham. Um, not only in that, I think it was, but I'm not too sure about this year. But for a long time, I think it was seven years straight. Birmingham was named like one of the most the most entrepreneurial city in in the UK. I think so. You know, it was a city that you know is naturally entrepreneurial. Um, they're already coming to our show, um, and th there's we we had we had some partners there as well who had their head offices there. People like HSBC, etc. Um, so yeah, it was really exciting. So we we came the last year. We had the Carla speaking, um, Jamelia, um, and and really just got off to a really really big start. So bigger than bigger than my launch for London in 2017, of course, because we're at a different space now, but. Um, to, to have such a huge footfall for our first year in Birmingham was amazing. Um, I'm really looking forward to this year. Fantastic. And you're back again, as you say, for year two on the 17th of June. And the Greater Birmingham Chambers, Chambers of Commerce are delighted to be a strategic media partner. But what can our listeners expect when they come along on the 17th of June? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I think you can expect a lot. So whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an entrepreneur or a professional, there's going to be content for you. Um, so there's going to be content on how you can scale your business. You know, there's going to be content on how you can, you know, um, you could advance in your career. Um, there's going to be opportunities for you to network, to speak to others, um, hear inspirational talks. There's opportunities for you to, you know, go around and see some of the amazing kind of black owned businesses, as well as speaking to some really, really big companies like HSBC, Lloyds, Deutsche Bank. Um, there's going to be so much opportunity in, in the room. Um, it's also our after party for people who've got gold tickets. I'm sure you'll be there um, as well. But yeah, there's, there, there's, there's some great stuff. There's some great stuff there. We're expecting up to 3,000 this year. Um, so there's going to be, it, it's something that if, if you're in the area, you, you, you need to be there. Fantastic. And this is bringing just almost to the end of today's podcast. And earlier you alluded to mentors, you, you alluded to sort of people along your career journey that have, have helped shape and guide your direction and thinking. And when you think back over that career, are there any leaders or individuals that really stand out as having inspired you along the way? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think definitely probably one or two people have definitely stood out to me um maybe my old boss of, of recent before I went full-time he was a really kind of good mentor and an ally um as well so he, he kind of helped me in terms of you know when I went full-time he helped me to kind of understand the logistics of um kind of the exhibition event industry what I should be doing what I shouldn't be doing and that's something which your boss it, it's not it's not kind of like a normal thing that your boss is helping you to leave his his team his company um so even after that he was mentoring me and helping me giving me advice on different things which I found really helpful um but then there was people along the way I always talk about peer-to-peer -peer mentoring as well 
when you're almost like learning off some of like your friends and colleagues in the business because you can meet me up with some of your like business entrepreneurs and be like listen I'm going through this etc cetera, etc cetera. and they can offer you advice and vice versa and that's another kind of mentorship relationship which maybe not a lot of people speak about but is probably just as kind of valuable as some of the um that the, the kind of set out mentorship where you're like that can you mentor me um etc well that brings me neatly on to my last question which is if you could share just one piece of advice with aspiring chief executives what would it be aspiring i think i would say and I, I like this phrase i think i use it a lot so be yourself everyone else is taken um and I, I say that because i feel like it applies to can apply to you as a, as a boss um it can apply to you as a business so just being unique you know every business is you know you get inspiration from lots of businesses no business is the same unless you're extremely like really just copying it to, to the t but no business is the same so use what's unique about your character your experiences and and, and make your business special um, and and find your own style as well in terms of management. How do you manage your team? You know, learn from your experiences, the good, the bad, and make sure you kind of you know don't make the mistakes um, and implement the good stuff. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Raphael. It's been a fantastic learning a little bit about your journey, some more about your businesses. And of course, to our listeners, do check out the Birmingham Black Business Show on the 17th of June. And of course, subscribe to CEO Stories wherever you get your podcasts or follow us on social media at GRB Ham Chambers on Twitter or check out the website www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com. Mm-hmm.